Hey everybody, this is Just Sold with Brent McIntosh of the McIntosh Group at Remax River City. My name is Brent Griffiths and joining us as always is Brent McIntosh. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you today, Brent? Fine, thank you. A little smoked out, but we'll uh, we'll be fine. We'll endure. It's just the way it is here in the summer at times, but uh, you know, no major problem. Getting worse and worse every year. Uh, yeah. yeah, it seems to be, but I don't want to think about it that way. Let's uh, let's talk about something that's a little more upbeat and fun. And you have a guest with us on this on this particular episode. Super excited to have one of uh, my closest realtor friends from across the country, uh, Lisa Salt from Vernon, British Columbia, joins us today. I am ridiculously envious of where she gets to sell real estate. Nothing wrong with Edmonton, but Vernon is obviously such a nicer climate to work out of. Lisa, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Brent. So obviously we've told everybody where you work. Tell us a little bit more about who you are. Well, I was born in Vernon, left when I graduated high school, uh, went to Vancouver for nine years, got my Bachelor of Commerce, worked down there for three years, and then spinning my wheels a little bit down there with a couple of different jobs and uh, came back to Vernon in 93 to start my real estate career. And here I am. What did you want to be when you grew up? Because nobody really ever wants to be a real estate agent when they're young. <laughs> what did you want to do? No, that's, <laughs> that's probably true. Initially, you know what? I was thinking about that. And I, I uh, the first thing I wanted to do was I wanted to be a journalist and I did a little stint at the Vernon Daily News when I was in high school, and I realized I did not want to do that. <laughs> and so then after I graduated, I wanted to be a lawyer. That's what I was going to do. My plan was to go to UBC, go to get my commerce degree, then get a law degree. And But when I, you know, when I was nearing the end of commerce, I decided... I was about done with, with that. I was about done with school. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go for another three years. <laughs> I could. I didn't know that about you. First of all, so that's great. <laughs> I love when I learn something new about uh, our guests here on the podcast that I didn't even know. Um, that's a terrible lawyer question. Of course, I'm supposed to know the answers of these questions before asking them if I was a lawyer. <laughs> but I could totally see you being a lawyer. So so that doesn't surprise me at all. But let's talk about why did you choose to become a realtor. Well, the main thing I learned when I was in Vancouver working for other people is that I wasn't very good at taking orders. <laughs> <laughs> that must surprise you. That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> My dad was an entrepreneur from the word go and I always really wanted to have my own business but of course you know when you're a starving student you don't have any money then someone had said to me they said you know you would be a great realtor and since I'd been in sales in Vancouver I decided you know what that was an easy way not an easy way but it was a way to get back to Vernon and start my own business and and I think you know for, for people listening who are interested in becoming real estate agents someday or, or thinking that's something that they can always do, I will tell you the most successful realtors like yourself do run it as a business. And, and that's really what sets the, the, the great ones apart from the good ones in our business is, is that ability to look at our jobs as a business and not just one or two sales at a time. So let's talk about that. You do run one of the top teams, not just in Vernon, but in Canada. Tell us about your team. 
Well, we have 10 licensed realtors in our group, including my husband, Gord, and myself. So 10 licenses, hardworking group of people. Uh, they've just been absolutely given over the last couple of years, obviously. Mm-hmm. Have a group of administrators and contractors um, all over the world, actually. We have a lot of uh, virtual administrators that support our team. So we have a, it, it's quite an intricate group of, of people for sure. Before we talk about the market, because we'll get to that and, and that's going to be, uh, you know, take up some of our time. Let's, t- let's foreshadow to next week's episode uh, where we're going to talk about working with your spouse, spouses who sell houses. <laughs> and so <laughs> here, you're a, a great case because you haven't always worked with your spouse. Uh, you started on your own before marrying Gordon. And tell us about working with him. How has that changed your business? Well, because we're <clears throat> two entirely different people, <laughs> so, so, so that's great because he's really good at some things and I'm really good at other things. And so he's, you know, he's a very, uh, he's a more dominant personality than I am. He's very good at motivating the team, leading the team. He's, he's a, a natural born leader, whereas I'm more into the systems and the background work and that sort of thing. So, so my... I have a lot of organizational ability and, and systems analysis and things like that, whereas he's more kind of the, the big picture guy. So together, I guess we make a, a whole person. A really good yin, yin, yin and yang, as they say. Um, but let's talk about what happens when you guys disagree on, on something. How do you break the tie? That's what most people want to know. He says, yes, dear. <laughs> smart man <laughs> smart man <laughs> good good on him well let's talk about the market in vernon um about sales prices inventory etc because the okanagan has been i mean i guess most of of southern british columbia has been very hot uh tell us about vernon and the market conditions you're under right now yeah for sure well <clears throat> sales are up of course, prices are up, inventory's down. Sales are up at the end of June by 113% year over year. So 1,765 sales year to date. Prices for single family houses are up 26% on average to now 665,000. Inventory is down 41%. So that all equals full on seller's market. And, and what's driving this market? Well, real estate's been one of those industries that's benefited so hugely under COVID. I mean, again, not just in the Okanagan, but people, I think, are buying RVs, electric bikes, and real estate. Hmm. And what seems to be happening, COVID has taught people that they don't need to be in the office to work. And in fact, that they can live anywhere. And so once people can choose where they live, they seem to gravitate to where the weather's nice. Yeah, and I think also. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, that's really interesting that you say that. So, so you're you're seeing people come from out of province. Then I'm assuming purchase properties, but still be working at their their old jobs. You bet. Yeah, we're seeing that. We're seeing that a lot. And I think just people want to get out of the major centers because Vernon it isn't necessarily growing industry wise. I would assume. Is that a right assumption? No. That is, that is the right assumption. No. We're, so we're if not, somebody was going to move there to pick up a job, that wouldn't be very likely. It's, it's not like there's, there's jobs all over the place in, in anywhere in the Okanagan is again, an assumption. Is that correct? That is pretty much correct. Yeah. We're, we're our main industries tourism and they, it doesn't, it's not like there's a bunch of high paying jobs in tourism. 
No, it, no. And, and, and so that's, yeah, usually entry level jobs and or kids working in, in the, in the restaurants and, and tourism industries there in, in town, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think retirement, I think people are just deciding to retire earlier and just potentially maybe they're selling their homes in Vancouver, getting a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And then they can come to Vernon and they can buy something. Everything looks like it's on sale. They can sell high, buy low and retire. Yeah. And and then I suppose those who are leaving Saskatchewan and Alberta for the weather, um, the the baby boomers who've who've recently retired and and don't want to see snow ever again or or see a lot less snow anyway. Right. Yes, that's true. Now, are, are you worried because it's not driven by industry, it's driven by lifestyle or weather of how long this can last? Is that something that you've thought about? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have. I think, though, that it's, you know, the, there's not a, a, certainly no less number of people that are retiring. And so I think, you know, as the baby boomers retire and move out our way, I mean, we just, we have a steady, steady stream of people coming okay. all the time. I, I, I think that that's going to continue for some years. So you don't see the market um, dipping in prices anytime soon in the Okanagan? <laughs> I wish a I million dollar question. I know <laughs> this is what we get asked every day. And so I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, where do you see the market in the next year to two years? Let's just look rather than try to predict five or 10 years from now, but let's just talk one to two years from now. What do you think our mar- the market will be like in Vernon? I think it's going to level off a little bit mm-hmm. and it, and it already has, it's, it's slowed it slowed a little bit. It seems like that frenzy has. We're, we're at the end, so to speak, the end of the tunnel of this COVID tunnel. Yeah, that's right. And now it seems like people are also, they, you know, at, when they were in their houses and they were looking around thinking my house is too big, my house is too small. Now they're getting out, they're getting a, 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 out and about, they're traveling a little bit and now they're not looking at their houses as closely. And I think that now they're just, they're doing other things. And of course, now we have the smoke and the fires. (laughs) Yeah. Well, with, with all good things uh, come some bad and, and nothing, no, no place is ever perfect to work in. Let's talk about COVID. I just mentioned it really quickly. How has your business changed it, you you know, prior to COVID? So in the last year, year and a half, what have you guys had to do differently? Well, no more open houses. Right. And, uh, Everyone on the team has had to learn how to use Zoom for meetings mm-hmm. with buyers and sellers. They've needed to learn how to do more video walkthroughs with FaceTime or Skype or whatever. We've all had to sharpen our multiple offer skills, our competition skills, that's for sure. Wow. Yeah. You get a lot of practice with that. And negotiating skills, too, on behalf of the sellers. When you have 10 offers, it's important to be on top of your game, for sure. You know, people listening in Edmonton won't be able to relate to this necessarily just because even in a multiple offer situation in Edmonton, you know, a house might sell for five to $20,000 over list price, sort of as a max. Um, it's a little different in Vernon, isn't it? Well, it, it, it can be, sure. We've seen houses that have sold for a couple of hundred thousand dollars over list. Those wow. are by far the exception, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and then does it become difficult for financing and, and uh, can an appraiser give an, a value for the bank of what somebody might actually be bidding on that property? We've had some places that have failed the appraisal test sure. for sure. 
yeah, yeah, where you have you have ten offers and and somebody pays a hundred thousand over list price, but the appraiser just can't justify it on paper. And so so it, it's it's really interesting times out there, especially in in your crazy market. It is for sure. Lots of people buying sight unseen. Lots of people buying with no conditions whatsoever, so that they can win the multiple offer situation. It's a <laughs> it's tense for sure. Now, a lot of people, you know, wouldn't believe us when we tell them that we both started real estate in the 90s because we both look so young, of course. <laughs> but I, I wanted to talk about the state of real estate um, because each of us has, has been in this business for over 20 years. We've seen a lot of changes in those 20 years. Uh, let's talk about that. What have you seen change in, in the past 20 years while you've been in the business? Wow. So, so many changes. And I was thinking... You know, I was thinking about that and thinking, wow, you know, I, I've been 28 years now. And one of the first things that happened when I got into real estate was I sat down with a client of mine, maybe a year in or so. And he was telling about me about this magical thing called the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I just remember looking at him incredulously. What? How can this How could this be? How does this work? I don't understand. You know, what is this sorcery? And, you know, with the, with, when the internet came into real estate, I mean, that deleted the MLS book that was delivered. Of course. You know, it was gone. Yeah. And that's, of course, all online for many, many years. But m- newspaper and magazine advertising, we used to advertise all our listings in every week. That's gone. Open houses are still there. However, not nearly as popular now that you have online walkthroughs, video walkthroughs, 360 tours, all that, all that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've really embraced te- technology in our team. And so nearly all our advertising is done online now. And that's, that's a huge change. I think the other change is teams. When I started, there was no teams. Everybody right. was an individual realtor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if there had been teams when I joined, I hope I would have been smart enough to join one because I think that gives a new realtor a huge leg up in their real estate career. Um, yeah, I think that, yeah. that that's changed. Yeah, I would think that back, um, you know, again, without dating us, uh, the, <laughs> the brokerage was really responsible for bringing in the leads. There was a lot less brokerages out there and, and they would, you know, divvy up lead calls um, throughout all of the agents. That they, and that was how you chose your brokerage mostly is that how much business they were going to be giving you. And now that's obviously changed to the individual agents being responsible for going and getting their own business. And now as team leaders, both you and I um, passing those leads out to our team members. So, yeah. so um, yes, I, I am of the age of where I remember the books and then even our <laughs> first MLS computer, I tell my team, they, they always think how old I am, is that it was a DOS-based system of MLS where you had to keep hitting the tab button and, and <gasps> you know, no, no mouse. It was, it was a black screen with green lines and, and um, no pictures, of course. And you just mentioned that now, you know, we can have 30, 40, 50 pictures of our properties online and video walkthroughs and tours, of course. And, and uh, how many houses, I mean, you probably can't even keep track. How many houses does your team sell each year where the buyer doesn't physically actually see the house until possession? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I mean, this year, I'll, I don't even know, Brent. I don't even know. It's 10 or 20, maybe. I'd have to, yeah, I don't really know. We've sort of talked about the good things about how it's changed. What do you think is the, the worst part or, or the hardest part about the way th- things are running now with technology and the changes we've seen in our business? <laughs> I think, you know, 
I think the worst part of real estate and the worst part of life is social media. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think realtors are blowing their brains out paying for Facebook and Instagram ads and trying to be influencers online or taking their day to make TikTok videos. But when it comes right down to it, relationships aren't built online. They're built belly to belly. And when people are so focused on what they're posting online, they have no time to make calls or make appointments to meet people. And I think that's what realtors are missing. And I think that, you know, that's probably happening in in many businesses, but certainly in real estate. This next question is going to be a little tougher. And and I I did give it to you ahead of time um, so that you could think about it. Where do you see our business going in the next 20 years? Uh, you know, we've talked about where it's been for the past 20. What's the next step? What are we going to see next? Yeah, it's a tough one. You know, I mean, I imagine we'll just, we'll keep seeing those disruptors showing up as we always do. I imagine there'll be probably more new and improved, quote unquote, improved ways to run a real estate company. Mm -hmm. More ways to use your advertising dollars. Um, I know there's been lots of talk about the demise of the realtor, but I think one thing that COVID has shown us is that that's definitely not the case because even though people have been buying homes online, they still are seeing the value of having a professional negotiator work on their behalf. So I don't see how that could ever be done by a robot. Yeah. And we keep, we keep hearing the rumors. Yeah. That you'll be able to point and click and buy a house, you know, through Amazon and or eBay or something like that. And um, it's interesting to see if that will ever happen. Um, I suspect um, there will be some big changes, but I, I, there is still is some value in hiring a realtor, of course, um, for, for proving value and, and, and for negotiating. Um, Let's talk about you as we, as we wrap up here. Uh, What sets you and your team apart from your competition in Vernon? I think for us, we're known for the huge exposure that we give to our listings. You know, we have a very professional presentation, very professional online presentation for their home. And that's hugely important to a seller. I mean, if it certainly doesn't make sense to expose a seller's home everywhere if it's a lousy representation of what they're selling. So we take the time to get it right the first time and have a really good presentation as best as we can anyways Uh, buyers with 10 realtors on the team we can give them access not only to what's on the market like everybody else gets we have 10 people out there learning about listings that aren't even on the market yet so we keep a, a formal running list of details of homes either that aren't on the market quite yet or homes that are pocket listings that aren't coming on the market anytime soon yet the seller would sell if someone offered for them the right price. So I think that gives lay, uh, buyers a real leg up when they need it the most, especially in this crazy market. Let's talk about you personally. What do you do for fun? I am a trap shooter. So I, I shoot in. <laughs> which which I, I'm, I'm just, I've been waiting all, all of this entire podcast to get to this subject because I think this is actually the most fascinating thing about you. No offense to how great a real estate agent you are, but uh, this is the coolest thing. Your, your hobby, so to speak. My hobby, I shoot inanimate clay targets, not animals, inanimate clay targets. So I've been doing that for 40 years competitively. And, and as my wife says, you're the best in North America. 
<laughs> she, she's awesome. That that might not be entirely true, but let's just go with it for the purposes of this podcast. <laughs> and, and yeah, what a great hobby you and 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 you got your your husband doing that now too. And you guys travel basically all over the western portion of North America doing that, correct? Yeah, yeah, we do. And it used to be it was real, a, a, really a family affair. My dad, of course, who got all of us into it, but my dad shot. My sister, my brother-in-law, and three out of four of their kids, and then Gordon, myself. Absolutely awesome. Awesome, awesome. Not uh, an inexpensive hobby by any means. No, that's true. That's true. But it is fun. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Nothing, well, nothing's inexpensive anymore, Brent. Exactly. <laughs> well, what's next? Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? I Probably what I'm doing right now only better maybe more hopefully more efficiently maybe having a latte and myself driving tesla on my way to wherever probably won't have an office by then <laughs> and and <laughs> it, it, do you have an exit strategy well my dad worked until he was 95 so i doubt i have one okay <laughs> excellent <laughs> well for those people who are thinking about buying or selling in, in the vernon area how do they reach you and your team they can call us, 250-549-SALT. They can email us. They can text us, get in touch with us through any of the evil social media platforms, or they can even come into Remax Vernon and someone will be there to help. And just add salt. Just add salt. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Lisa. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Brent. Don't you find it interesting, Brent, that here we have a trap shooter and you and I are just shooting off our traps on a regular basis? <laughs> on this, on this a, podcast? We need a, pr a permanent drummer <laughs> yes, on, we the, do. on the podcast. Yeah. Hey, Lisa, thanks, thanks for your time. Now, Brent, how do people get a hold of you? Well, if they want to buy or sell in Edmonton, then they can reach our team at 780-464-0075 or find us on the web, macintoshgroup.ca. And as for our podcast, we love feedback. So make sure that if you have any questions or thoughts about what we're doing here or maybe some suggestions, make sure you drop us a line. Hey, thanks for tuning in. I'm Brent Griffiths. He's Brent McIntosh, and we'll see you next time. 